I am Daniel Rashid. That's that's my name. Um, that's a oof. who are you? That's the simplest answer. I am Daniel Rashid. Um, I am right now 27 years old. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, California, and um, I spend a lot of my time doing various creative things. <laughs> um, so I, I make a living as an actor, um, but I also I write and direct and produce and edit and uh, mostly in film and television, but also in theater. Um, it's kind of my upbringing was, was in theater. Um, and uh, and that's kind of, that's who I am professionally. And then personally, I'm, I'm just a goof. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are the three things you value most in life? Obvious first one is love. Um, it sounds probably cliche, but I, I think that in as a term, as a word encompasses, a whole, you know, many, many things. Uh, you know, it, that's love, familial love, romantic love, friendship love, love for the earth, um, love for fellow human. It's, uh, yeah, so capital L, capital L, love, capital J, joy. I feel like I used to when I was younger. I feel like I, I, when I was, when I, this is a story. When I was in high school, I had like a, 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 a mantra, which is peace, love, and happiness, right? Which is very, very like John Lennon of me in high school. You know, when you're like figuring out who you are, and that was like my, my thing, was peace, love, and happiness. And then, at a certain point, I don't remember what it was, but I, but I started to favor um the word joy more than happiness because i feel like happiness is a word that as an idea it just feels like a state that that is difficult to sustain um but joy feels more like uh to me it feels like moments of that 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 pepper our oops i want the microphone moments that, that pepper our lives and and make it make it worth living yeah, so those are the first two. The third one, hmm, that's tough. I, it's funny because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick the third word from my high school mantra, peace. Um, and I think it's a capital P on that one as well because because I think what that encompasses for me is is stillness, is uh, mindfulness, is uh, those moments where. Yeah, stillness where everything just stops and there's a beauty in in that piece and then also you know i think peace goes hand in hand with like love for the for the fellow human um and 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 love for the earth um on my best days my 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 life kind of oscillates between uh, moments of joy and moments of peace or stillness and hopefully the love love just kind of takes it all through it's a through line <laughs> that's really really cool be, uh, like uh, I couldn't help but reflect on something that I heard a very long time ago and a concept that I, I hadn't thought of in uh, a while actually which was that when I was like a teenager I was really obsessed about like being happy or why I wasn't happy like mm -hmm. oh I want to be happy all the time and I had a friend like a person I didn't actually really know that well um say to me but happiness is like up here at any point like to like the top of a graph like no one is at the top of the graph all the time. 
And if you try and be at the top of the graph all the time, you're just going to be miserable because then you'll notice every time you're not. Right. So in essence, it is kind of that third one of stillness and peace that is the center because you have like love and ecstasy and happiness, then depression and sadness and rage. But you can't exist in any of those extremes for a long enough time or you will just end up like a hollow person. I don't right. think you can fully appreciate happiness without you appreciating sadness, even though yeah, that's exactly. fucked up to say and it feels fucked up sometimes to admit. But yeah. stillness and that peace is a is a nice kind of summation of where I kind of want to be. I don't necessarily want to be happy all the time, but I'd like right. to be still and peaceful and like being able to enjoy like a warm day would be nice there's not necessarily like a bursting joy out of my chest but just to be content or peaceful would be yeah. nice yeah it's i think that's where the, that's where the balance lies and that's another word for me if that was if i had a fourth word i think that word kind of falls underneath that piece because the piece i think is where you find the balance between joy and grief and in and, and love and sorrow and you know uh the, the ups and downs of life um if you don't have that stillness or that center to come back to um you'll just be you know you know whipped about from high to low to low to high back and forth um and yeah. you say that uh, your life oscillates between <laughs> moments of stillness okay so I, in a much more depressing uh reflection when i was you're, like you're smiling <laughs> you're like <laughs> okay so this is sad to say you're gleeful about it <laughs> uh i used to say that my life oscillated between moments of intense hilarity and intense tragedy because mm. it would be like something amazing and super funny would happen and then it would be like super sad and i'm like yeah. i'm smiling about it now and i'm thinking i was like yeah, well that, that's not entirely a true reflection of how your life was at the time but i was mm. very melodramatic and it, it sounded nice and crisp to say yes it it wasn't true and i'm laughing about it uh but also out of compassion for my past self who who thought about that and, and talked yeah. about it himself. yeah so yeah, yeah tell me a memory which shaped you to jump out at me pretty quickly and i'll just i i, I could sit and think about and probably find a better one but i think i'll just i'll, I'll just jump into one of these because i'll just trust the first instinct the first one that jumped out at me um, and if I'll bend the rules because they're, because they're, uh, why not? Um, the person that jumped out at me was, is, is not a memory of a moment as much as it is a memory of an experience, which was when I was a, uh, sophomore in high school, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is, uh, an autoimmune, uh, disease in the your intestinal system. Um, and it's, it, it varies in, um, degrees of intensity for people. Um, some people it's very intense and they are, uh, hospitalized and, you know, in out of hospital surgery. Some people it's milder and it's more manageable. And, um, at this point for me, it was, we were just kind of figuring out what, what was happening. Um, and that was, that kind of coincided with the time of my life that was stressful in high school um high school is very stressful for a lot of people uh for for various reasons um and uh it was a a defining time in my life where i feel like things shifted course uh 
um, ultimately for the better. It was it was a moment of great hardship because it's you know and you're when you're first diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, it's like your body's attacking itself. So you're like, what is happening? And I'm like, you know, I'm a sophomore in high school, so I really don't know much about myself or my body. And so I was, uh, it was scary to to feel like I didn't have control over what was going on and going into doctor's offices and having, you know, people wearing, you know, doctor's coats saying, you have this thing and we're going to need to do a colonoscopy and then, you know, doing all, all those things and going through that. Um, that coincided with me uh, um, pulling a book off of my uh, bookshelf that that uh, was called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. And uh, it was kind of my introduction into um, Eastern philosophy type thinking. Um, and uh, it, it, the, the book... And then what kind of like the road that led me down, um, I think really changed, changed my life in that I, I started to kind of like recognize these areas, these parts of my life that were, that were not supporting me and, and were causing the stress that I was putting on myself, which is, I mean, stress is such a, at least for my, uh, disease is such, a uh, uh, important aspect of it and managing that stress and, um, so that book was kind of an introduction to mindfulness and meditation and um, uh, those those ways of thinking. Um, and then after that, I, I, I started reading like Thich Nhat Hanh, and, which is a Buddhist philosopher. And, um, and it was just a, it was an important moment, a kind of shift that led me down. I mean, there, there are many, many more kind of uh, deepenings of that along the way for me but that was the introduction to that for me um and then the other one that the other memory that popped up was um being in eighth in eighth grade and going to see the uh, annual sketch comedy show at the high school my brother was playing uh drums in the orchestra my brother my brother's a drummer professional drummer and i went as an eighth grader to see the show and it was like the annual student written sketch comedy variety show at the high school with like, you know, over a hundred students involved from cast to crew to different things. And there are seven shows over three weekends. And I went five times because I, cause I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is, this is what I want to do. Uh, and, and, and the show, you know, looking back on it, if I were to like see that same show, I'd probably be like, wow, that wasn't very good. But it, but it, but it, cause it was like high school sketch comedy. But for me as an eighth grader, it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want to be a part of this community. And then when I was in high school, I was, I was in the show and I ended up directing it my senior year. And, uh, yeah, so that was just as a, as an artist, as a performer, that was, uh, an opening moment for me as, as a memory of just sitting, sitting in that theater and being like. I have to come back. Um, so those are the two memories that jumped out at me right away. What's your favorite color? Huh, favorite color. I, I like, I like blues. I think, uh, like, uh, um, uh, I haven't even put any thought into this, but, but the, but bluish with like a little hint of green, like a little, like not, not full, like teal, um, but kind of a deep bluish green. Or, 
Or there's a tree in Los Angeles and probably in, in many other places, but I know it from LA called the jacaranda tree. And the, and the flowers of that tree are, they bloom in, in late spring and it's uh, kind of a purplish, yeah, it's like purple. Um, I was going to say it's a little pinkish, but I think it's more purple than it is pink. And and there's, you know, a few weeks to maybe a couple of months. I, I, I actually can't remember how long they bloom for, but uh, it feels like a long time where kind of on many, many streets in Los Angeles that you drive down, it's just kind of lined with these trees. And it's just, it's beautiful. Hell yeah. Uh, Riley's favorite color is blue as well. It's a good color. It's yeah, a good color. And, and, and you know what? That's why we are uh, with each other is because okay. we have like the same color. Yeah, that, that's it. That's that was the bridging moment. Blue. That was Blue? the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go. Cool. <laughs> you want to live uh, together? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, mine is orange. Uh, I'm never wearing any orange when people mm. when I answer this question, but mine's orange. Um, it's just because if orange was a person, I would like to know that person. That's a good. That's a great answer. It's that's not my answer. I've... It's not. I if someone a guest on my show said that about a different color, and I was like, "This is actually mine." Yeah, nah, good. yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> orange is a good one. I feel like orange is is. I feel like blue is common. I don't know why. Maybe I just because I just like blue. But I feel like orange is a less common, less basic <laughs> color to pick as like a favorite color. So thanks. Uh, res- I guess <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, but like it's the color of like warm sunny days and, yeah. and smiles. I don't know. I feel like a smile is orange. I, in my head, those two are connected. Um, I just like the I, I like everything that I own that is orange has a great texture to it. Like mm-hmm. I own a uh, controller which is orange, and I, yeah. I like I always do like well with this controller psychologically. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just a broad spectrum because the the subsequent next section of that question is like why but i can never figure out why exactly orange i like the answer that i gave but what grabs me about it i think when i was a kid my mom used to have a lot of like because it's my mom's favorite color and she used to like dress me in a lot of orange clothing and like i had like a blanket which was orange and i don't know it reminds me of safety in that regard Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe that has something to do with it but i'm glad that's less basic um, I'll, I'll ask yeah, I, I think it's unique it's good it's good thanks um <laughs> question five back to the slightly deeper question uh, tell me in as much detail as you can about something you knew of which once existed and now does not something that i knew oh gosh this was a question uh riley who i assume her episode will be coming out before mine my girlfriend uh, she after the interview she was like oh my god I, I have a question for you and she asked me this question and I spent like at least 10 minutes thinking about an answer to this question um because it, it was I remember it being tricky because I think initially I thought uh, I was trying to think of like something something tangible like 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 or something that I knew like like of uh uh or, or, or like an object or something that has since been obsolete. Um, but ultimately what I came to uh, was um, one of my my dearest friends, uh, his name is Michael Keenan, and he passed away in um, at the very end of April last year. Um, he was, uh, you know, uh, thank you. Um, he was 80 years old. 
and he was one of my professors in college and uh we became like best of friends after i graduated because he he fell and had to have his hip replaced and needed an assistant and he called on me because he knew i had just graduated and, and said you know are you looking for a job and i was like yes and uh so i started working for him and we spent six months together all day every day and then you know once he had you know, i was kind of helping him to get back on his feet um and it kind of coincided with a period of time where he, his body was just kind of not not letting him continue to live the way he had been living it's just kind of starting to shut down and so he couldn't continue teaching um and so he was in this this period of like i don't know what to what to do <laughs> i don't know what's next in my life you know i don't i'm not ready to retire mentally but I, my body and my mind are not letting me continue teaching um and ultimately he did move into a retirement home and had you know a few more years of quality life um but uh um that it all it also coincided with a period of time in my life where I just graduated from school and so I didn't know what the hell I was doing next and so we we two of us in completely different phases of our life were both on these moments of transition and uh and he's and also we just really uh which I think was one reason why we connected so much and then also he's just you know one of the funniest wittiest uh special people that I've ever had the the good fortune to know and uh it was really really difficult uh to to uh, say goodbye uh, especially because we couldn't because of covid i couldn't actually be there in person um tell me the funniest story you can think of relating to that person oh man okay okay um gosh there's so so many um All right, this one, this one comes out, jumps, this is one of many, right? Because this is, we're talking about a, 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 a one of the wittiest people who have graced the, this planet, right? He's just got the driest sense of humor. Um, so he was, at this point, he, this is maybe, this is less than a year before he passed. Um, uh, he was at this point in a rehab facility. He had, I think, um, had a fall in the retirement home, so they were trying to hit, help him get it back on his feet, and he had some complications to get back, and so he was in this rehab facility for much longer than he wanted to be, um, than anyone wanted him to be, um, and so, and he, and it wasn't too far away from us, it was maybe a 45-minute drive, and so we'd, we'd go to visit him as much as we could, um, and Riley uh, joined me uh, many times, and they, the two of them became good friends as well, which was very sweet to see, um, but uh, one time we were on our way up there and it was like a Saturday morning at like 10 a.m. And I, I, I called him on our way up and I just said, hey, Michael, you know, we're just, you know, we're we're on our way. We're going to be there in about 30 minutes. And he goes, oh, good. Um, I have a I have a favor to ask of you. And I said, OK, what's up? And he, and he goes. I've seen on the television commercial for jack-in-the-box's tiny tacos i'd like to try them <laughs> and we're like uh, okay all right sure uh, we'll, we'll go we'll get you some tiny tacos 
<laughs> like, thank you. And then he hangs up. And then we go to we go to a Jack in the Box drive through. I believe it was Jack in the Box. We go to the drive through and we roll up to the window. It's like ten a.m. right or ten fifteen <laughs> at this point. And we go, hi, um, uh, we'd like to order one thing of tiny tacos, <laughs> which is the most ridiculous thing to say into a into a a, a speaker. Um, and the voice crackles, crackles back, and yeah, sure, anything else? And we're like, uh, no, just the just the <laughs> tiny tacos. And so we get the tiny tacos, and then we go to his facility, and we bring in this bag. I know, like these, like tiny, exactly what they what they're called, tiny tacos. And uh, we bring him up this bag of tiny tacos, and uh, we sit down together. And he opens the bag, and he puts one in his mouth, and he chews, and he goes, "Oh, I don't like those." <laughs> <laughs> We're like, "All right, well, but now you've tried them, you know. Now you know. You won't. You won't. He he lived his life. He, he didn't go to the grave without trying the tiny tacos." And uh, yeah, so that, that's that's just very silly memory of of uh, of my time with him. Um, there are many, many more funny, deep, powerful moments, uh, but that was the one that jumps out at me. Did you eat the rest of the tiny tacos? Absolutely not. They looked disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would have probably. <laughs> um, what if anything is perfect? I don't think anything's perfect. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't I think you could there there are there are rough edges to everything, um, which I think is where beauty lies. I think in in imperfection, even the most beautiful sunset, um, you could say, oh, well, that part's not that golden. You know, it's like the what what like the there's there's I think. And even like the drawing of a perfect circle, you could zoom in super, super close and find uh, an imperfection. You know, I, 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 I just feel like those are kind of um, silly examples of, of it. But I, I, I think that um, and even the most brilliant works of art in any medium have flaws, uh, which is why I think which is where, as I said earlier a moment ago. I think it's, that's where the beauty lies. Do you, ha do, do you have anything that you feel like is perfect? Uh, well, yes. My kind of notorious answer that gets me in a bit of trouble sometimes is everything. I believe everything. Is <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. I mean, I think that's I think that's the flip side of my answer is nothing and everything. Right. It's like because because. You can you can make the argument that because nothing is exact, perfect, whatever, however you want to define that everything is yeah oh well like everything has the quality of imperfection which thus means that everything has the the quality of perfection as a result yes because it's it's just a modified version of it because you need to know what perfect is you need to know what a perfect circle looks like in order to make an imperfect one and there's yeah. there's two things to compare it to so intrinsic in the concept of the thing you're trying to make is the concept of how much better it could be um, one thing I say about this show is my show sucks and I'm super proud of it. Uh, like <laughs> there's, yeah. there's nothing about like, I don't want something to have no flaws because if it had no flaws, there'd be no need to improve it. But the reason why people, you know, disagree with that answer is because like, you know, suffering and pain and death and all of these things, if everything is perfect, surely those can't be included in that. I'm like, well, from a subjective point of view, 
no, those things cannot be perfect for you. I would not wish your pain on you. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, yeah, your, you know, your cousin died. Fuck you. You know, I'm not saying that. That would be evil and corrupt and bad. But I'm saying on a kind of holistic, broader level, things are perfect because they have to be. We they have we have no other way of them being, mm. um, and we get to view them. And I, I, I think that our subjective eye, which gives us things like beauty and love and appreciation, makes things perfect because it has to store it in our brain in a way that would make us comfortable. Um, so, yeah, it's why when yeah. you think back on like an experience you had, most of the time you only think of the good memories because that's what we want to think of, like rose-tinted glasses. It's because mm. our brain transforms things that we see into perfection. Yeah. 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 That's, that's my answer. That's nice. That's good. That's yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, question seven is: Who is your favorite character from fiction of any kind, and why? Oh, oh man. Um, why is it that people react to like, what if anything is perfect? Like, yeah, I can give an answer to this, and then I say, yeah, what's your favorite, favorite thing? Character? I know, because like favorite, it, it almost you know what it does. It, why? Because I think it it because there are so many there's so many options that I'm like, I don't want to leave out. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to set whatever, whatever character I'm going to choose. I'm going to have forgotten the most important one. Right. It's like, <laughs> like, of course, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure I can find a more mature answer than this, but um, this is a character that I think had, had a strong influence on my life. Um, at, I, me right now, I could probably pick up, if I thought longer, I could probably think of a character that is maybe more of my favorite right now. But character that had a, had a big effect on my life uh, was Indiana Jones. Because um, when, uh, yeah. when I was uh, a little kid, I, I, all I wanted to be was Harrison Ford. I, I watched Indiana Jones and Star Wars over and over and over and over. I wore those VHSs out. Um, and... I just thought that Han Solo and Indiana, Indiana Jones and Han Solo were just the coolest. Um, and I, I had never really thought about why, other than like they're cool. Uh, and it's actually it's interesting. One of one of Riley's family friends, um, it's a brilliant, brilliant. Uh, um, I don't know if he would call himself a motivational. Or like I think more like kind of a life coach, um, and he was at their at their uh, house when I was there one time, and we got to talking, and he started to kind of do his thing on me. Um, <laughs> he's, he's he's a really really great guy, um, but he started to ask me kind of about uh, uh, what about my heroes growing up, and I I told I mean my heroes are my parents, um, and then he said well, what about, what about come uh, and then he asked me kind of what about them, and then he asked me about kind of like. A, a character in a, in a in a film or a TV TV show that was important to me growing up, and I said Indiana Jones. He said, "Why, why?" And the answer that I found, that I discovered, was courage. Um, and because I, I feel like he embodies courage. For him, in those stories, it's like you know the courage to to you know win the story <laughs> you know to like you know beat the bad guys and do the right thing um and the courage to face the snakes um uh, but i think courage is a word if going back to those three words we talked about before that 
is if I had 10 words, it would be one of those, I think. Um, I just think it is such an important, it's something that I strive for in my life that I feel like I, I don't always uh, hit a mark that I don't, I don't always achieve. I feel like they're, they're something that I, that, that I am actively working on is being more courageous. And that's both, and that's in all aspects of life, right? Not just like um, standing up for what I believe is right, but also um, you know, being courageous with my art, being courageous with my words, um, loving courageously, um, being brave. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Indiana Jones, short answer, long answer. <laughs> listen back for the past two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what fascinates you? Okay, cool. I want to make sure that I'm still recording. What fascinates me? <sighs> Such a great word. The word is fascinating. Um, <laughs> um, so many things fascinate me. I think uh, people are fascinating because um, we're so strange. <laughs> like people are so weird. We're such a strange species. Like we're capable of like such um, incredible beautiful amazing things and such horrible awful atrocities 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 um i'm mispronouncing things as well <laughs> exactly exactly you understand um we're just we 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 encompass so many possibilities and and paradoxes um and uh, and why we, why some people do some, uh, you know, uh, fall on one side of the spectrum and others fall on the other, uh, I think is, is fascinating. Um, to me, one thing that fascinates me is rhythm. Um, wow. I, 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 <laughs> I grew up, <clears throat> my brother was a drummer and when I was in fourth grade, I was like, I want to be like him. And, uh, and so I started playing the drums as well. And I don't, I don't play it professionally, but I, I tap on everything. Um, and, uh, uh, and I feel like I always have kind of a rhythm going. Um, and just kind of the, just a way that both, both orally and also visual, like visual rhythm, the way that, you know, lines and patterns create a, a rhythm, um, I just, yeah, I, I, it's something that I think um, I spend a lot of my time uh, thinking about or tapping about. I edit as well as act, and so I spend a lot of my time in front of the computer screen, shaving frames off of, you know, a clip. And then I just, I, I just think it's fascinating. I mean, both musical rhythm, but also the rhythm of speech and the rhythm of, um, you know, if we're in a, a, a scene in a, in a movie or, or whatever, um how you can you'll play the same clip you know of two uh, of a back and forth and you can shave five frames off of one one of the cuts and suddenly it's like ah oh, there's the life it's like oh my god or suddenly it's funny you know it's like that that, that is just i just it's one of my favorite things about editing 
Um, and I've, I've, I've uh, directed a couple of, a few music videos as well. And that is, I discovered, I think a medium that I just like, I, uh, the first time I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like melding so many things I love, like music, rhythm, the timing, um, and like cutting to, uh, it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I, I was listening to a song and my, my friend Alan, uh, recommended a song to me, which I actually posted on my Instagram today. And the reason why it, I was like, this song is an absolute slapper is because the minute I heard it, the first thing that popped into my head is how I, cause I've been watching a lot of, um, like shitty TV, obviously, cause it's a pandemic uh-huh. and I'm watching <laughs> castle at the moment. You ever seen the TV show castle? I haven't, but I've okay. heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, castle is a cop show. Uh, and when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of cop shows because my mom loves crime TV. And uh, the first thing I thought of when I listened to the song was like, I could totally make a murder scene to this. Like, this is it, it built one in my head. I'm like, am I insane? <laughs> no, I'm just I just want to be creative. Um, so, yeah, rhythm, rhythm fascinates me as well. I didn't yeah. realize until you said it, but I've realized now it does actually fascinate me. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, you're going to hate this next question. Cause... Okay, let's go. <laughs> what piece of media should everyone consume? Oh, yeah. It's a horrible, horrible question. <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. Um, Thank you. Should everyone consume? <sighs> I can smell popcorn. <laughs> you know, it's because it's you could... You could Answer I'm not that. Kidding, by the way. There literally is popcorn being oh. made in my ass. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just. I thought you were saying that you were like, well, this is gonna take a while. I might as well get some popcorn. <laughs> no, there, there literally is popcorn being made in my ass. But okay. Um, um, no, like take your time. Like, part of me wants to answer the question of like, okay, which which piece of media would do the most good? in the world of like you know or you can answer the question of like what piece of media is just going to give everyone a moment of joy you know there are two different ways or something that that does both um but everyone in the world oh man it's so hard it's so hard because like there are some stories that i love if we're talking, I mean, I'll, 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 I could, there are many different mediums, um, but my favorite film is Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah uh, it, came out, it came out when we were kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know how applicable the story would be to somebody um, who lives I don't know, somewhere not in America uh, or not in in the Western world, um, and so I feel like something musical or visual maybe is the way to go. Oh, it's a, oh man, it's a hard question, hard question. Um, I'm trying to like my my brain is is like is racking itself on because i know there's i can remember having seen something or read something that i feel like ah i think everyone should see this or i think everyone should read this but it's i'm not of course uh not coming to it um i think i'm gonna 
I I'm really I'm really curious to hear what some other people have said. Um and it's possible later in the interview uh I will think of something and be like, oh wait, this. Um, but for now, in this moment, my answer is uh the film Parasite. I don't know if you saw it. It uh came out uh I had the opportunity to see it and I was like, oh, I, I, I'm I, not going to see this at the present moment. And then I never got back to it. It's it's well worth your time. It's it's a really, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant work of art. Um, and has uh, now not only a great film, but has um, some just deep, important undercurrents that uh, kind of thread its way through the narrative um, for our society uh, that I think would would be valuable for everybody to to see and to understand. If you could name a hot sauce, what would you call it and why? <laughs> if I could name a hot sauce, um, oh man, okay, I call it I call it Lil Piper. <laughs> Because it'd be pipe, because it would come in like this tiny little bottle, and you would just need like one drop, and it would be piping hot, and, it, and it, you'd just be like, "Oh God! Oh no! Not the little piper!" Okay, uh, okay, I I can see it. Uh, it is a dream of mine, at some point, to commission an artist to design hot sauce like a poster for myself not for no one else but for a poster of all the hot sauces that people have suggested on the show, um, like. One person suggested hot and slippy. Uh, like that's <laughs> so um and I haven't edited Riley's or like I, I'm a bit way through editing Riley's episode, so I, I can't quite remember uh what her answer was, but I believe I laughed quite for, uh, hard at it. Um, my answer is because I love hot sauce. My answer yeah. isn't like a because there's a bit of a joke that goes into hot sauce names, but mine would be Hedgehog's Kiss, because hedgehogs can't actually hug each other because their spines hurt so if you kiss a hedgehog it hurts and so hedgehog's kiss would be the name of my hot sauce it's a deep cut right there that yeah is a deep cut. that is a deep cut you can thank neon genesis evangelion which is an anime uh for that for teaching me that piece of information which broke my heart um, but yeah um if you haven't watched neon genesis evangelion i'm not gonna say do but i'm just gonna say it's really good all sorts of different animes nice. and it's uh it's really fucking good. What's your most prized physical possession? Most prized physical possession. I feel like every every question you answer you ask, and then I re- I repeat the question in a slow tone. My most prized. Everyone does it, so don't worry about it. Possession. Um, That's like the immediate first thing that people answer. The most common answer I've gotten to the question is the question itself. And you're looking <laughs> around the room. That I'm is looking uh, around the room. That's another common one. What the fuck do I own? Uh, right, yeah. right. I'm like, what? What do I even really prize? Um, oh, here's a, this is a silly answer. I probably have some something that I've like received from somebody that means a lot that I'm not thinking about right now. It's not coming to mind. Um, but I, it was the year. It was 2014. Yeah, summer of 2014. I 
was studying. I had a, a summer uh, theater program, like a study abroad for this for a month or month and change in Oxford. Um, at, and so I was over there. And while I was there, I don't remember how I. I think I was. I was like. Um, the location doesn't matter at all for the story, but I, I, that's where I was. I was there and I think I stumbled upon like uh, an article about uh, ways to cultivate more joy or happiness in your life. And I stumbled upon like the idea of a gratitude journal. And I thought, huh, I can do that. And, and an article was like, just write down three things you're grateful for every day. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. And I started doing it then, and I have I have done it every single day ever since. And so I have I have now six. Was twenty fourteen? Uh, yeah, I'm on year seven, but I have seven full years of gratitude. Uh, just the journals written of just three things I'm grateful for, um, day after day after day. Um, and I'm proud of that. I I, I feel like that's uh. It. it Every once in a while, not not often, but ever like when I when I moved from my old apartment to this place, I you know I had to move all those journals, and while I was moving them, I would just flip through them. It was it was fascinating to go through them and be like, oh look at that, I remember that time. Oh look at the, you know, oh man, yeah, I am still I'm so grateful for that. You know, it's a, that that's a special special physical possession of mine. Fuck yeah! When <laughs> during the start of this pandemic, I had. Uh, one of those set up where I would do that in the evening time. Um, but again, I'm dyspraxic, so writing is like bullshit for me. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> eventually I went, eh. so I do it all like audio wise. Now I record it on my phone. Nice. Um, but I don't do it every day. I do it like once a week. And so, um, yeah, I, I totally get because literally psychologically, um, gratitude is the antidote to depression. That's mm. it, it's linked like people who are more grateful are less likely to suffer from depression. And some, a lot of therapies which deal with depression often start at a place of gratitude. Like what mm. is, what sensations are you feeling right at this moment? And do you like those sensations? Are you warm? Do you like being warm? You know? And the more you do that, that that's what, when I was designing the show, I was like, I want people to be grateful about the things that they love. If they can have mm. a good time and be grateful for something in it that they hadn't thought about in years. I'm like, yeah. Fuck, yeah fuck. yeah well this this all right this interview is going down in my journal tonight i'll tell you that much um, that is incredible thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you that's extremely kind question uh 12 is what inspires you my parents uh i think my parents are really inspiring to me um i think i know they are inspiring they've been inspirations my whole life um my mm, dad is a musician my mother's a dancer and uh, my mom runs a dance studio um, in Evanston, Illinois, just north of Chicago. And uh, my dad has a recording studio and he's and he runs a jazz series and uh, he's written music for, composed music for film and television. He's gigged around in jazz bands, he's done a whole bunch of things. And the two of them, um, to me, have been shining examples of how uh, of a way to, of living their lives um with love and uh and creativity and finding a way to make their lives creative with 
with raising you know two kids um because i think that's uh, a challenge for, for for parents is to is to maintain your creative life and challenge for artists is you know uh, if you're not you know world famous for what you do uh it can be difficult to sustain yourself because art does it's not you know it's not uh, a lucrative <laughs> industry uh for anyone listening <laughs> but uh they they found a way to make their art their life um and uh and i think raised my brother and i in uh in a wonderful way i i i feel very very lucky and very grateful uh for for them for my family um and they they're i i hope to um uh, to grow into the way that they love each other in the way that I love my partner and my friends um, and uh, also to pursue my art in the way that they pursue it and find a way to make my to, to incorporate that into my life. Question 13 is did you ever have an epiphany? If so, what was it about? Did I ever have an epiphany? Um, I feel like I have I have little epiphanies or insights maybe is maybe a better word for for the what for these little epiphanies all the time you know as we're all learning and growing and um but i'm trying to think of like a big moment right a big epiphany for me um the, it, i'm actually going to go back to something i talked about a little bit earlier the book the way of the peaceful warrior um it, if i were to revisit it now i might not um it might not speak to me as much. I don't know. I mean, I was in high school when I read it, so I don't. I don't know as a book really how 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 good it is or not because I was a high schooler when I read it. But it, but it had such a powerful impact on me then, um, and I remember. I remember having um, a powerful moment. In the book, there was a there was a description of, it was kind of a dream sequence. And I'll kind of, I, 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 in case anyone in, who's listening is reading that book or wants to read that book, I won't spoil anything. Um, but the, the I, I would recommend it if, if it sounds interesting to anybody. Um, but it, it, it's, in this dream sequence, there is a character, there's, a, there's an image of, of somebody on a mountain and they fall off the mountain and they tumble and they tumble and, and they tumble into a field of grass and they, they die. They basically they fall off the mountain, they die and their body just kind of tumbles and just like, you know, gets and, and then it ends up in this field of grass. And, uh, and then there's a description of what happens after that moment of, you know, uh, pretty soon uh, uh, some animals discover it and the vultures fly in, they start to pick at it. And then the, the insects come up and they start to decompose the body. And, and then pretty soon the flesh is all gone and it's just bones. And uh, the nutrients from the body are in the animals who, who ate it. And then those animals are eaten by other animals. And then some of the nutrients sink into the soil and they support a, a, a sprouting of a new tree. And just like, it basically is a description of how the body goes back to the earth and um, 
at that time, I, I grew up, I was, uh, I, I went to um, a church growing up, uh, a Catholic church, um, and, uh, and was uh, confirmed when I was in eighth grade. And this book was, as I said earlier, kind of my my introduction into Eastern philosophy and like Buddhism. And I was like, this was like an eye-opening moment for me. Of like, oh yeah, like I I've I've always kind of questioned the idea of heaven and and like the afterlife. I I, I just don't I don't really know. Nobody knows. I think that's part of the beauty of it, is the mystery. But what one thing we do know is that our our energy our bodies everything we have taken is given back at the end um and if that's all that happens is that transaction i'm okay with that um i i mean i i i don't i wouldn't call myself an atheist i i, I wouldn't necessarily I don't. I don't even like the labels because I think I would fall under agnostic, which is I, what I understand is like kind of like interested in kind of the spiritual aspect of life, but don't doesn't really know. Um, but even that feels like and now there's a label on this thing. Um, so for me, I just feel like there's a great mystery, and I find that mystery beautiful, and and uh, I have such great wonder for that. Um, but that moment at that kind of epiphany moment for me, I think, was kind of realizing uh, the beauty of of death and what happens when we die. Question fourteen is: What is the silliest thing you want to own? The silliest thing I want to own. All right, this is pretty silly. I mean, this is not like wacky silly, but it is a silly thing to own. I would like to have an extensive record collection. Um, that that was like. Uh, uh i don't i don't i don't own okay we they're not mine uh but riley has some records in a, a small record player um i'd like to own an extensive record collection and like a beautiful record player with like great speakers because i just think the i i, I never i didn't grow up with records um i grew up with um like walkmans that what that was that's how old i am it kind of that's that dates my dates my age is like growing up people was like that was the fad everybody walking around with walkmans um and there were cassette tapes when i was really little um but i just love the idea of a few times that i've, I've had a set around somebody playing a record off a record player it it feels like it uh, a communal experience and like you actually listen, you want makes you want to listen more to the music. And there are people who you know record listening parties. People will just like get together and like listen, just play a record and sit around and listen to it. And I just I just love the image of that. And so uh, to own that would I uh, would be silly and and awesome. Question fifteen is what emotion has taught you the most? Pain, gotta be pain. Um. I don't know how much you learn from from joy. It's just joyful. <laughs> uh, maybe you learn that you actually can, you actually are capable of experiencing those feelings. Um, but I think the most, the, the 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 toughest moments have been the biggest learning experiences for me, um, personally, professionally, intimately, all all, all of those. Um, 
yeah, I think you, I think you learn, learn resilient, what your re resilience is like, um, and how to be resilient, how to be courageous through pain. What is the most valuable thing you have ever learned? I think the most the question is the most valuable thing I've learned. Yeah. I think the most valuable thing that I've learned is um, is my my self-worth um, myself other words that I think other terms that kind of mean similar things that I like are self-acceptance um, self-compassion um, and I think that's been learned through both moments of pain and then and then uh fight working my way through those moments of pain and then also moments of both learning from moments of like joy and connection of you know um loving and being loved uh, by a partner um by a friend by your family um those moments i think teach you as much about your self-worth as as moments of darkness where you have to kind of crawl out and 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 because because of your compassion for for yourself um and it makes me think of um a quote and i'm going to pull it up i can find it right now it's uh it's a quote from uh from michael keaton uh my friend who passed away this past year um uh one day we were uh just driving around in the car, I was I was his driver for for many months, uh, as he was recovering from his hip surgery, and we were driving around, and he made some sort of joke uh, about himself, about how how old and gay he was, which which he was, and uh, and then he and we laughed, and then he said, and I have this, I, I wrote this quote down, which is why I have it. He said, "I never really had any fun." until I started being totally honest. Never put yourself in a position where you have to lie about who you are or what you are or what you're doing. Um, and I've never, I've never forgotten that. I, I just, I, I, it, I think it ties into that self-worth, that self-compassion about um, knowing, knowing yourself, which is the first step. And then, having compassion for that that's beautiful and that's a that's an excellent quote that is an excellent quote yeah because it's, yeah, it's interesting for me um because a lot of my extended family just straight up don't know i'm trans really they, yeah they just don't know and it's not because i'm like oh god i, I can't tell them they're rejecting me. i don't give a shit but I don't want to do it over Zoom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Was it so? Was your transition recent? Uh, so I started. Um, I started hormone therapy and kind of social transitioning properly in February of last year. So wow! So right before everything shut down. Uh, and when I see my grandparents through like doorways and and screens, like you know windowsills and stuff, I gotta wear like a big hoodie because I don't. Like yeah. I have breasts now, which I can't show them because right. they don't know. And so that quote is kind of making me go, well, maybe you should probably tell them at this point. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough though. I, 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 to I, I empathize with 
that um, struggle about not wanting to, you know, share someone something important about yourself over of over Zoom or from a distance. You know, it's that that's been one of the biggest challenges I think for everybody in this time is is having to have difficult conversations and not being able to hug each other afterwards. Yeah, you know? I think I think this is the conversation that I need. I will need a hug afterwards. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really matter if they react well or they react poorly. Like I'm strong enough for either outcome, but at the same time, I want to give the conversation the weight that it deserves, which is to say your perception of me and this person that you love isn't quite correct. And there is an adjustment that needs to be made. And either you can make that peacefully or through war. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, it's difficult to wage war through a windscreen um mm -hmm. so yeah um yeah that's a good quote yeah see now i'm doing self-reflection <laughs> oh you know it's what's funny is this conversation has made me think of uh uh the media the, the media that i think everyone should consume a, 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 a different answer <laughs> okay as much as i love parasite i'm gonna add on to my answer and you can keep this in or not whatever you'd like but um I'm going to uh, leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah. Of course you're going to leave it in. Um, there's a book uh, by Brene Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. Um, she is uh, an incredible, um, uh, uh, I don't even, uh, I, guess, I think her term that she gives herself, she has a TED talk that went viral called <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Vulner. Hold on one second. Let me, let me make sure I have the right, the right table title. Actually, I believe that Riley recommended something by her as well. Look at that. Yeah. It's called, it was called, uh, her TED talk is called The Power of Vulnerability. Um, and that also is a huge lesson for me. Her, that TED talk and her work um, is how it is that being vulnerable is, is, uh, is an act of, 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 positive power um and and it takes courage um but she has a book called the gifts of imperfection and it is a really important book uh and i think it would do great good for the world if everyone read it so that's that's my my new answer do you do what I do and get lost in TED talk rabbit holes for num a number of hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. dangerous. It's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. go down. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I went from watching about like the neuroscience of sleep to like the power of like thoughts to like rocket chips. And, and yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, I watched four hours worth of TED talks one day before I realized what the fuck I was doing. I was like, I have a day to existed i can't do this i had a day yeah. <laughs> it was pretty early in the morning because I, I like i couldn't sleep so i was like I'll, I'll watch a ted talk um and it went from 7 a.m to 11 a.m and i was like that's mm, good okay that's good. I'll, i'm gonna send you this i think you're gonna love it i'll, I'll send you this ted talk of, of hers what is a feeling or experience you've had which doesn't have a word that you wish did because it's interesting, the the question that's there. So I I have my interview set up so that people talk about topics previously. I'm not like caught out for a question or whatever. So the question that was there was, how do you feel about death? But we figured that out because you already spoke about it. 
So, um, what is a feeling or experience you've had which doesn't have a word that you wished? The the thing that comes to mind is actually something that one of my good friends, Avi, kind of he notes when it happens, uh, which I love. Uh, and there there always there are moments when uh, we have a small group of close friends sitting around and we're and we're just and it's like there's a contented community um and oftentimes it's like they're after we have an event or after like you know if we if we've just had a, a day of filming and we're home and relaxing now or or we're just like uh together uh just hanging out i you know the, the the latest one that i can remember is we had some friends over i don't remember what it was for but we had some friends over in the backyard we do, we do kind of distance distant hangs in our backyard from you know 10 feet um and uh we can fit like three three pods um uh, of small actually four uh as long as the fourth one is one person um it's just in terms of the, the spacing of our backyard um and there was uh uh <laughs> it was just a beautiful moment where we i don't i can't remember what why we're all were hanging out this night i think it was just to just to hang maybe had to have been an event i don't know but we were all hanging out and somebody brought up um an, a song off of taylor swift's uh latest albums off of or i think it was on folklore i can't i think it's called thread maybe um but it was she brought it up in relation to a topic somebody was talking about bless you um and she brought up the song and i hadn't listened to the album and and it, most people hadn't didn't know the song and she's like oh come on you guys she's like she's like it's not in vogue to not like Taylor swift anymore and we were like oh, okay and she was like i'm just and she was like she's like if you if you played the song you know i'm like i was like i'm gonna play the song i'm playing the song and so i put the song on and the song was about kind of how uh, uh, you there's the image in the song was like the invisible thread that was pulling me to you, and about how we are these people in our lives who fall on our path and and come into our lives who we had there's no obviously there's no plan for anything, um, and suddenly we're we have these people in our lives and uh and the image was like you know before i knew this before i knew you there was an invisible pet thread pulling me to you and now we're together um and just, just a beautiful kind of beautiful image and we were all sitting around listening to the song and it was just we all were listening to the lyrics very intently because like our my, my friend eva had just been like this is we uh, uh, this song is directly related to our conversation and so we listened to the whole song and it was kind of like a record player of like we put a record on and we all listened to it together and afterwards there was kind of a stillness a peace in the air of this kind of communal experience we'd all just shared and and avi was like this is one of those moments that one of my one of my moments that you know we're all just here we're all just together and and it, it, there, there's no there's no word for it. i mean there's a, there's a contentedness to it there's a comfort to it there's a community to it there's a love to it um there's a stillness to it but also a joy to it uh so i think that would be and then maybe there's probably a word in another language uh that uh, uh would describe it but the english language uh does not live up to it 
You could just call it an ave. I mean, an ave. That's right. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah. So just for future reference. Yeah, I, I, I really like that question because I never know where it's, it's going to go. Also, you're giving Taylor Swift in that specific song way more credit and you described her themes way more beautifully than it is actually. <laughs> like that song. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I, 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 I don't listen to her music uh, by, often by choice. Um, but, <laughs> but that song, in the context of that moment, I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, what makes you smile? Uh, uh, so much this this moment. Um, um, my 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 dear friends, um, my family, Riley, uh, my partner, um, uh, dogs, um, <laughs> really good food, um, beautiful art. Uh, sun sunrise sunset um what kind of art do you like art that makes me feel present uh that art art, art that moves me question 19 is what is beautiful it kind of goes hand in hand with my what is perfect if anything question which my answer for that is nothing and what is beautiful is everything um that's the short answer um and I think somebody could pick it, pick that apart and be like, well, what about injustice? What about, you know, all, all the horrible things that happen? Um, and I don't know. I don't think I have a justification for that or a way to wait. And so maybe, maybe everything isn't beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm going back on my answer. Um, I think the reason why answer was was everything is i think the imperfection as we were saying earlier um and which would go hand in hand with the gifts of imperfection the book by benet brown um imperfection is 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 beautiful um but injustice can motivate justice and that's there we go yeah yeah yeah, that's my answer uh that i've given like several times on the show which is everything everything is beautiful yeah i I think that's the way that's the way to kind of like frame injustice through the lens of beauty um the act itself is is disgusting but i mean whatever act we're talking about there's there's lots of injustice but i think i think you're right in that that can that can be the motivator or can shed light on oh my god we have to do something about this. question 20 would you describe yourself as cute and cuddly yeah, hell yeah. Tell me about something you learned recently that amused you. I learned recently that there was a slang for prison was uh, uh, stir, or I think maybe it's called the stir. I, I, that 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 part I'm not actually positive about, but people probably use slang in different ways. But stir was a was was slang for prison, and that's where the term stir crazy comes from. Oh my god, that yeah. is absolutely incredible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Thank so, you. I learned that the other night. Yeah, that's it's absolutely incredible. What's Hell your yeah. answer? So, um, this week, uh, I've got two answers. Uh, the first, I went like that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, the first answer is that there is a layer of the ocean called the... Uh, it's called the Sofar layer. Um, but I will... 
so far the so far channel of the ocean i i uh i discovered this while i was talking with a person who studies um studies this which is short for the sound fixing and ranging channel it's also called the deep sound channel is a mm. horizontal i'm not going to read directly from wikipedia but it, i just have to <laughs> c- confirm it's it's an area of the ocean in especially uh, specifically deep water oceans where the refraction rating of all of the sound or, or all of the water above a certain am- amount let's say 10 meters up and the ground is equal so that sound will bounce off the ground and then exactly hit the same refraction a little bit further up into the water and then bounce down so that sound travels over a long distance um, ah. for like kilometers and kilometers. And this is pretty interesting. I mean, they used this during the war uh, to like communicate and like track for submarines and things. Oh. But the coolest thing is that you can, uh, it has been found like these weird transmissions have been found because it pitches everything down, obviously, because it's stretching a wave over a long, long time. I say wave under not ocean wave sound wave um but it uh there, there's these weird sounds in it which scientists believe that it's actually whales have figured this out and they communicate over tens and hundreds of kilometers so they can send a message across the sea to their friends being like hey you up um that's so fucking cool. Yeah, so I learned that. And I was like, this amused the shit out of me. Uh, I love it. Uh, so, hell yeah. That's good. And That's then good. The, the second one is, uh, I will find the exact name for this, but I only learned this about 15 minutes before we started recording. Um, I learned that agnathology is the name for the study of ignorance. <laughs> yeah so there you go those are my two facts yeah really good really Um, good so question 22 is where do you feel safest at home there i feel like i have two different homes (laughs) one is like the home that i grew up in and i feel i feel so safe there um and i I love you know i don't spend that much time there because i'm in there in in illinois i'm in los angeles but um feel very safe there and then uh the home i have here in los angeles i feel very safe in um uh you know and and then you know just be, being here cuddling with riley is that's that's a very safe space to be in if you were on a starship what position would you hold i think i uh, i think i would it would i would find myself in a leadership role I just tend to find myself in like the projects that I do as, as, as an artist, I find myself taking on the role of a producer, which is kind of an important leadership role in a piece of art. And I think I would find myself, <laughs> whether or not I started as this and was like given this position, or if I started as like the messenger from one side of the starship to the other. <laughs> And like that had ideas of like, I think we could probably do this better. We'd probably like wire each other things. My job would probably be obsolete. And then, you know, <laughs> and then like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good idea. You can be promoted. Um, I think I would find myself, yeah, leading in some way. Whether, whether I'm like the leader of the, just like a department of the starship or if I'm actually the captain, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to nominate myself to be the captain. It sounds like a lot of responsibility, but if, but if the captain's doing a shit job, uh, I'm, I'm sure I could, 
uh, I don't know if I could do as 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 good a job as him, but I could have ideas for how to do it better. <laughs> do you think there is more good than bad in the world? I think the courageous answer is yes to that question. Um, there's plenty of bad, and I think oftentimes the bad is uh, more easily seen, gets more press. <laughs> um, not always. It's it's there's always, you know, horrible things that happen behind closed doors that nobody knows about. Um, but I think I'd like to believe that there are uh, more good things that happen behind closed doors that we don't know about. Um, and, out, and not behind closed doors um, than, than bad. Um, I, maybe I'm just an optimist. I think there's plenty of reason to, to think otherwise. Uh, you know, our climate catastrophe is is one of many <laughs> that just be like, well, this is pretty bad. <laughs> um, at least for us, you know, if you if you if you if your Mother Earth were a parasite and and us, you know, uh, us destroying ourselves may be a good thing. You know, who like uh, under what you know what subjective to it's a subjective subjective point of view, but. Uh, um I, I my my optimists answer i feel like i'm a i'm, I'm like tend to tend to skew towards optimist even though i try to, i try to be as realistic as possible but I, I skew i think towards positive thinking if you could give just one piece of advice what would that be be kind is my is my is my piece of advice my unqualified piece of advice um if we had more kindness, we'd solve a lot of our problems as a, as a as a society, as a world. If we took time to be kind and step into other people's shoes, have empathy and compassion for other people, um, we would uh, spend less time um, fighting and arguing and competing and more time uh, loving and being joyful and being peaceful. 